Welcome to day 266 of the New Way. I'll reread Matthew 26, 21 through 26. And while they were eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. They were very sad and began to say to him one after the other, Surely you don't mean me, Lord. Jesus replied, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man will go, just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. Jesus answered, You have said so. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. And I'll reread Mark fourteen eighteen through 22 While they were reclining at the table eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They were saddened, and one by one they said to him, Surely you don't mean me. It is one of the twelve, he replied, one who dips bread into the bowl with me. The Son of Man will go, just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it, this is my body. And I'll reread Luke twenty-two, seventeen through 23 After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread gave thanks and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. But the hand of him who is going to betray me is with mine on the table. The Son of Man will go as it has been decreed, but woe to that man who betrays him. They began to question among themselves which of them it might be who would do this. And I'll reread John thirteen, twenty-one through 30. After he had said this, Jesus was troubled in spirit and testified, Very truly I tell you, one of you is going to betray me. His disciples stared at one another, at a loss to know which of them he meant. One of them, the disciple whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. Simon Peter motioned to this disciple and said, Ask him which one he means. Leaning back against Jesus, he asked him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, it is the one to whom I will give this piece of bread when I have dipped it in the dish. Then dipping the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. 
As soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered into him. So Jesus told him, What you are about to do, do quickly. But no one at the meal understood why Jesus said this to him. Since Judas had charge of the money, some thought Jesus was telling him to buy what was needed for the festival or to give something to the poor. As soon as Judas had taken the bread, he went out, and it was night. Did Judas receive the Lord's Supper before he left to betray Jesus? I don't know. I can't find any proof one way or another. But remember, partaking of the Lord's Supper doesn't bring salvation. It is just a ceremony to remember Jesus' payment for our salvation. What order did things happen that night? Some put the foot washing first, some last. Some put the Seder meal early, some later. We know Jesus spent several hours teaching the apostles. When was that? Some mention one thing, some another. So which one is right? I don't know. We can ask when we get to heaven, but until then, no one knows. If it were important for us to know all the details, God would have made it clearer. Josh McDowell wrote the book, Evidence That Demands a Verdict. His belief is that these differences in testimony actually prove or support the authenticity of the message. If they were identical, he would conclude that there was collusion. Collusion means that the various parties had met together and decided what happened, which means that everyone would have had to compromise their real belief. Instead, what we have is authentic testimony that varies from person to person. Do people lie? No. Well, yes, they do. But in the case of giving testimony, it's not usually intentional. They genuinely believe that this was the sequence of events. Ask any policeman or judge, and they will tell you that if six people saw a crime or accident, there will be six different versions. Why? Because our brains record events at different speeds. Everyone's brain will record certain aspects of the event at different speeds. Therefore, they will genuinely believe, for instance, that the light was green before the second car moved, because that's the way their brain received the information. That's just a fact with humans. So when it comes to sequences of events, humans are unreliable witnesses. The writers were recording here what they or the people they were interviewing saw with their own eyes, heard with their own ears, and personally experienced. They were not trained or coached in their testimonies. The other thing that experts tell us affects our memories and sequence of events is trauma or grief. Everyone in that room went through great trauma and grief 
almost immediately after this event. That could have messed with their remembering what happened when. Now, why do I trust that the things that are important are recorded accurately in the New Testament? I'll read 2 Timothy 3, 16-17. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And I'll read 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. I'm not concerned about the minute differences from writer to writer because I know that if it were important, God would have corrected the record. While all scripture is written by human hands, God is the source and overseer who would have caught any important errors. Now I'll read Matthew twenty-six twenty-nine. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And I'll read Mark fourteen twenty-five. Truly, I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And Luke twenty-two sixteen through 18 For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Jesus made a statement that he would not drink the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Luke records that he also said that he would not eat bread until the kingdom of God came. Since wine and bread were served at every meal, I think that Jesus was simply saying that this was his last meal with the disciples before the birth of God's kingdom. Think about that. The next time that Jesus sat down and ate with the disciples, everything that he had said would have happened would have been completed and the butterfly would have been birthed, the new way established because of <clears throat> Jesus' death on the cross. But the disciples didn't understand it yet because it hadn't happened yet in his service. Dale.